Hallelujah. Tonight, I'm going to pray right now. We're going to commit our time to the Lord and ask God to speak to us tonight. God is a word for you and for me tonight. Uh, part of that will come forth through the preaching of the word, but the other part will come forth through the Spirit of God speaking to every one of our hearts. And let's just commit our time to the Lord. Father, tonight we once again thank you that you've brought us out of darkness, that you brought us out of Egypt into the promised land. You brought us into the kingdom of you, dear Son. We thank you tonight for the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed, that our sins could be forgiven. We thank you, Lord, for the perfect sacrifice, Lord, that was accomplished on the cross of Calvary, that Jesus rose from the dead. And tonight, Lord Jesus, we worship you. We recognize you as Lord and as King. We recognize you as the head of the church. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are speaking to us tonight, giving us insight and revelation, helping us to grasp the bigger picture of what you are trying to achieve in the earth and what each and every one of our uh, parties and our contribution towards that. So we commit our time to you. We commit ourselves to you. And we thank you, Father, that your word is alive tonight. We thank you, Lord God, that you're hovering over our lives by your spirit. And Lord, you're doing head surgery and heart surgery in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I wanted to pick up on some things that we've been speaking about in the morning services. Um, transfer that on into the evening service tonight. Of course, for the last few weeks, we've been speaking about healing. Um, and of course, Vanessa and I will be away for three weeks. So we thought that uh, before um, we, we leave, but just, uh, I guess, continue on with some practical aspects of what we've been speaking about in the morning services. And so the title of tonight's message is Practical Wisdom for Moving into the Land of More Than Enough. And with that, I would, start to, I would like to start reading from Proverbs chapter 13, verse 23. I came across this scripture the other day. Wow, something just went off in my spirit, and I saw something. And, uh, so anyway, let me read it to you. It says that much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for a lack of justice there is waste. Uh, you know the book of Proverbs uh, is also called the book of wisdom, um, because really it contains wisdom for general living. I guess it could also be called the book of applied Christianity because uh, uh, Proverbs makes Christian living very practical and very attainable. Sometimes we speak concepts and principles, but then Proverbs just boils it right down and say, do this and you're going to prosper. Yeah. Don't do that, it'll lead to poverty. Do this and your life will go well. Do that and you'll come to ruins. And that's why I like the book of Proverbs, uh, like the whole Bible, of course, but the book of Proverbs, it's always good to, to be in the book of Proverbs because it just boils it all down and uh, gives us, uh, if you like, a series of one-liners that just hit home, uh, or supposed to hit home uh, every time. And so with that, um, uh, in book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 23, it speaks about the fallow ground of the poor. Now, this is interesting. As I said, that, that caught my attention. Now, I was brought up on a farm, so I can totally appreciate fallow ground. Um, I know what ground looks like when it's cultivated, and I know what ground looks like when it's fallow. Fallow ground is uncultivated ground. And for those of you that are not sure what happens on a farm, you know, <laughs> uh, they have ground, they have fields. Of course, some fields have got gr grass growing, and they just every season more grass grows, and it, it just gets harvested, and the more grass grows. But then there are other fields, uh, uh, paddocks, if you like, where they sow seed. Uh, so what they do is they break up the ground through plowing, 
and then break up the, 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 the clubs of, uh, of earth and so, so forth, and then they put seed down, and some seed gets covered, other seed just gets left, uh, and then a harvest happens as the seed grows up and produces more seed. Uh, that's true for potatoes, that's true for corn, that's true for grain, uh, that would be true for vegetables and various other things. All right. And interesting here that the uh, Bible speaks about the fallow ground of the poor. Uh, fallow ground is uncultivated. Fallow ground is, is untilled. Fallow ground is unseeded. Um, and, uh, you know, this morning we spoke about principles of prosperity. And we talked about various things that, uh, that will produce a prosperity in our lives and you know there's not just one single thing that we can do that produces prosperity how many of you know that 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 uh, uh, the principle of tithing is part of us entering into uh, the the economy of God in terms of prosperity and everything but tithing is not the only the only part of that uh, you know the Bible tells us that we are to work and we've got to have a good work ethic and we talked about that this morning to some extent and uh, and you know in that respect we talk about uh, the need to cultivate one's own land and to sow seed towards a harvest, which, of course, in itself is a principle of prosperity. Now, pa farmers, landowners have physical land. But, you know, your job is your land. Uh, your business is your land. And you've got to sow seed in that land, uh, and you've got, to, you've got to produce a harvest out of that land. Uh, and, uh, you know, it says here in Proverbs chapter 12 and in verse 11, it says, He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. Now, tonight is not at all uh, a time to lash out at poor people in any way whatsoever. But in some people's lives, there are reasons why they don't seem to get ahead. There are certain principles that keep people, uh, or certain, let me say it again, there are certain reasons that lock people into poverty and don't let them out, or others uh, where, where, where they do okay, but then they, they move on into poverty, and yet other people move into prosperity. Um, and right here it says that, that he who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, yet uh, in fact, it says in the, in the English Standard Version, same scripture, uh, just words it differently. It says, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Uh, and you know, people sometimes spend their time, their energy, and even their money on wrong things, on somehow things that don't produce anything, things that don't get them ahead. And, uh, and I'm all for, uh, you know, uh, I'm totally okay with spending money on holidays, if you've got money for spending on holidays and on hobbies and, and various other things. But, you know, if that's all we spend money on, if it doesn't produce us anything back, it'll lead to poverty. All right? And so God's speaking to us about some very practical things uh, in terms of, of working our land, cultivating our land. And, you know, with the beginning of every new season, the farmer has the opportunity to plow his field, to sow seed, and to expect a harvest towards the end of that season. All right? And so can I uh, suggest that, once again, that worthless activities or worthless pursuits is activity uh, that wastes time and does not lead to profit. Activities, that is just activity for activity's sake, but it doesn't yield anything. Now, of course, we need to differentiate between time at work, uh, time resting, 
and sleeping, which is also very important. And then there's also recreation, where we just, you know, recreation. Uh, we, we follow, uh, we pursue a hobby, we, we, we build relationships and various other things. So there's three categories in our lives, and we, f- we spend all of our time in one of those categories. It'll somehow lead to, to some, something going wrong. If you work all the time and do nothing but work, it's something will break. Relationships will suffer, family life will suffer, uh, health will suffer, and, and so forth. But if people spend that, all of their time resting <laughs> and all of their time sleeping, it'll lead to poverty. All right? And in fact, uh, in Proverbs chapter 6, uh, again, very practical. Uh, the Bible there says, go to the end, you sluggard. And, uh, and it goes on from there. And it tells us that we, what we are supposed to look at the end, you know, little ants, little crawly things that crawl around and they're diligent all the time and everything and and it it says it provides her food in the summertime so it has got something to eat in the wintertime Uh, and and so again there's a practical example in there that uh, you know we need to make hay while the sun shines as the saying goes we need to go for it uh, in terms of work and opportunities and uh, then of course we need to rest and we should also have some uh, involvement in some kind of a recreation activity which is also good for us but the point that I'm trying to lead up to, I'm saying all, all of that to say this, that the fallow ground of the poor represents missed opportunities. All right? And I looked at that, and something just went off in my spirit. And, uh, you know, the fallow ground that uh, these poor people seemingly uh, are not so poor. I mean, they have ground, but they're not cultivating their ground. It's like a person that's got a gift, but doesn't use it. It's like a person that's got a skill, but doesn't apply it. It's like a person that's got strength, but doesn't use it to produce something. And uh, there's like missed opportunities. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, and in verse 4, it says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator honor him in your youth before you grow old and say life is not pleasant anymore is that practical enough or what it says that you know it's exciting to be young and uh, praise God, you know, for the excitement that is a part of youth, you know, different opportunities, different things that you have. But it says, uh, don't cause it to forget your Creator. Make sure that you honor Him uh, before you grow old and say, life isn't pleasant anymore. Because if we honor God all of our lives, we should be able to get to old life and it should still be a pleasant life rather than a life that's ruined and messed up and all just not fun anymore. All right, But here in in verse 4, it goes on to say, Remember him before the door of life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise in... uh, It says, Now you rise as the first chirping of the birds, but then all your sounds will grow faint. Um, You know, this deals with the reality of life, that people are born, then they are young, you know, and then they grow old, and then they, they, they hopefully go to heaven, all right? And it's, it, says, it says, now you rise at the first chirping of the birds. In other words, you're up early, you, you get stuck into it. You, you avail yourselves of life, life's opportunities. But it says, then all their sound will grow faint. So in other words, in old age, and then when people don't leave the earth, it, it's, uh, all of these opportunities are no longer there for them. They're there for the next generation. But 
Basically, what this is saying here is that uh, it says, remember him before the door of life's opportunities is closed. Friends, life is full of opportunities. And particularly for us as the people of God, we need to learn to recognize opportunities as they come before us. All right? Now, can I suggest at the same time that every opportunity involves work? All right? Every opportunity... uh, Every opportunity involves effort on our part. Somebody said once, it's like, oh, each time I, I, I pray for money, God gives me a job. It's like, oh, hello. It's like, wake up. <laughs> it's like, each time I need more money and I bring it before the Lord, God gives me an opportunity to earn more money. It's like, hello. And, uh, and so there, you know, life is full of opportunities. And we need to recognize opportunities that God, as God brings them before us. It's a little bit like Jesus when he was walking on water and his disciples were in the boat and the storm was and they were toiling and they were going hard out. And the Bible says that Jesus walked on water and would have passed them by if they hadn't uh, recognized him and called out to him. It's like he, he was going to pass them by. And friend, there are opportunities that will pass you by if you don't recognize when they come that this is an opportunity that God is bringing before you to enter into greater levels of prosperity, to enter into a better life. We're talking about doorways all the way through from Egypt, as we have talked about this morning, all the way through the wilderness and then on into the promised land. And friend, even when people are in the promised land, you know, it took Israel multiplied years to finally occupy the whole land. You know, they just, uh, it's like it took them right through to David's time and later to finally subdue all the enemies and to take the last mountains and the last hills that were still occupied by enemy territory. And you know, sometimes laziness sets in and people say, well, we're doing okay. You know, like we don't want to get too excited here. It's like... uh, you know, all of our needs are made, mortgages paid, and we've got food on the table, roof over our head, nice set of wheels to drive around in. What more do I want? Well, it's not about you and what more you might want. It's about the kingdom of God and what God might want to do in each and every one of our lives. So let's like raise our vision. Let's, let's look beyond the horizon that we've set for ourselves because God is not the God of limits. All right, we set limits for ourselves many times, and uh, you know God places opportunities before us, and uh, and we need to recognize these opportunities and go for it as they present themselves. Opportunities for an education, opportunities for some training to learn a new skill, opportunity to get into business, opportunity to do something that we have not done before. And as I said, when I saw this, and it something just ran off in my spirit, much food is in the fallow ground of the poor. In other words, the potential is in the ground, but they haven't decided to bring it out by toiling and by working this field, breaking it up, sowing the seed to really go for it. And, uh, and so, so, yeah, so there you are. So life's full of opportunities, and these opportunities need to be seized. Uh, Proverbs 14, verse 23 says, In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. This is one of those one-liners again. It's, uh, it says, do this and it'll prosper. Do that and it'll lead you to poverty. And that's why I say I really like the book of Proverbs. It's just good, good common sense. Uh, but you know, as they say, common sense is no longer that common today. You know, we've got now a system, particularly in Western society, where people, we've got a class of people and a group of people or t- people that think that everybody owes them a living. Friends, there's no such thing as a free lunch. 
uh, and we ought not to look to government to look after us. We ought not to look to, you know, to this person or that people over there to, to do something for us. And praise God when somebody does for us. But every one of us, God's given us a pair of hands. God's given us strength. God's given us a brain. God's given us opportunities. Let's get into it, all right? Let's go for it. Let's seize the opportunities as they present themselves. It says, in all labor, there is profit. Of course, in some labor, there's more profit than in other labor. And you and I need to discern what to get into and what not to get into. Uh, somehow, somehow, I have that belief in my heart that, you know, as the saying goes, that the cream rises to the top. And you and I, as the people of God, we are the cream of society. Huh, you better believe it. That somehow, I think the top jobs in the world today ought to be occupied by Christians. I think somehow that the people of God, God ought to rise up and set their horizons further than, rather than limiting themselves. And, and always thinking that this is just for the devil's crowd and that's just for the devil's crowd. And you know, people think all oh, the nice, nice cars, that's just for the devil's crowd. And I say, why? Why? All the nice homes, you know, why, why can't we live in nice homes? Why can't we drive nice cars? Why, 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 why can't we go on holidays and do nice things? Why, why, why can't we all of these things? Life is full of opportunities, and you and I need to go for it. You know, the devil is the one that pushes people down and hems them in and, and robs them of vision and robs them of hope. Uh, and uh, so you and I, we need to be the most hopeful people on the face of the earth. We always believe that there is a better day ahead of us, praise God. And though we might have fought one battle or two today, and uh, tomorrow might not look too bleak and uh, too, too, too great in the natural, but in the realm of the spirit, we say tomorrow is going to be a better day. Because we believe in God, that is, we have honor God with the area of our tithes and our offerings, that God will indeed open the windows of heaven. And of course, the idea is it's not open, close, open, close. It's like for those of us that are tithing consistently, we just expect the windows of heaven to stay open all the time. Praise God. And so there you are. <laughs> it's like it's not open and closed. God's not into open and closed, and just keep it open all the time. And uh, life's full of opportunities. So <laughs> in all labor, there's profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. The message is more work, less talk. I'm sure that most of us have come across people that t talk all the time. One guy around here, you know, we do a lot of work around here in terms of the physical uh, property that we have here and we come in contact with all sorts of people. Some are just absolutely brilliant, you know, trace people, various other people that come in, contracting type workers and others that, that just, <laughs> it's, like, it's like they really enjoy chatting. They don't like working. You can see it, you know, and then uh, the next minute you hear that there's all sorts of issues and all sorts of problems. Proverbs told us, if we don't work and only talk, it'll lead to poverty. So praise God for when we got time to talk and let's chat over morning tea. And when we get stuck into work again, let's go for it. All right? Everybody arrive with that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Proverbs 19, verse 15. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. Um, do you know the Bible speaks about uh, idleness is in non-activity uh, and there needs to be periods of non-activity in our lives such when we sleep there should be no activity all right 
when we rest, what we can rest, just physically resting, or we can, we can do recreation and rest our minds and be refreshed by just doing something that we enjoy doing. Uh, it could be all sorts of things. Uh, some, people, some people got weird hobbies, I tell you. Um, but then it's each to their own. You know, as they say, it's like, what, you enjoy doing that? Oh, I love it. Oh, I'd hate doing that. I couldn't think of anything worse. But whatever you enjoy, that's what you do, all right? But past and beyond that, uh, it says idleness leaves people hungry when people refuse to work and make all sorts of excuses. Uh, uh, you know, there is another uh, proverb that says that, uh, you know, it says the lazy man says there's a lion in the street, a lion in the street. And it's like, oh, it's too dangerous out there. I can't go out there. I can't go to work today because it's very dangerous out there. And people make all sorts of silly excuses as to why they can't work. Uh, can I just suggest that being unemployed is no excuse for not working? Having a, a disability or something is no excuse for not working. Everybody can work. Some people might be able to do more work, able-bodied people are able to do more work than others, but everybody ought to be a part of producing something and of contributing towards the environment and towards society as a whole. All right, and so as I said, this is not a, not a time to knock people down or anything like that, but we're saying, hey, everybody can do something. All right, let's all, let's all go for it. Let me talk about a few more principles of prosperity uh, that I, I feel are worthy of, of mentioning. Uh, two or three of them written down. Innovation. Uh, have you know that it's good to be open to new things and new ideas and um, for that matter to, to bring new ideas to the market and new things. Innovation. Uh, innovation means that, uh, that we open to new ideas or we are able to think of new ways and better ways of doing it. Uh, and of course, along with that comes uh, all sorts of improvements, uh, inventions, and different things. Uh, I mean, praise God that we got innovative people. Otherwise, we'll still be walking around. We wouldn't have cars. We wouldn't have electricity. We wouldn't have aeroplanes. We wouldn't have any, any of these wonderful things that we enjoy today. Innovation. All right? And in fact, they reckon that innovation it gives people... Uh, uh, and particularly companies, the, 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 the leading, leading edge in, in, in a competitive world. But if people do the same old, same old, and because environment changes, society changes, and same old, same old. Now, some things uh, don't change a great deal, we know, but other things are changing all the time. Uh, how do you know that uh, in the technology world, like you've got to just be on, uh, <laughs> up with the play all the time because uh, you buy something, and by the time they deliver it, it's already old technology. Uh, from the time that you buy it to the time that it, it's delivered, it's three weeks, it's already old technology. There's new stuff out already. There's just stuff going on all the time. And, uh, and so innovation. Uh, and I don't think we ought to be at the tail end of innovation. We ought to be at the head of innovation. As the people of God, we ought to be the, the ones that know how to download stuff from heaven and to lock into God and, guess, and say, God, show me something, Lord. Show me how we can do this better, how we can be more efficient here, and, and how we can be more competitive in, in, in the market here. All right, another one is industriousness. Uh, look at some scriptures to do with that in just a moment. And another one is just plain old diligence. All right, everybody say diligence. diligence. All right, diligence, of course, is the opposite of laziness or slothfulness, and the Bible has a lot to say about slothfulness as well. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 says, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Uh, that's, very, that's very plain, really needs no explanation. It is already explained for us. That's why I say I think that the book of Proverbs could be called 
the book of applied Christianity. This is how you apply Christianity. All Christians ought to be diligent people. They ought not to be one single lazy Christian. Because laziness is part of the old nature. Laziness is part of the flesh. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work too hard. I'm just, uh, everything easy, everything easy. Uh, you know, that's, that's part of the old whining, whining, stinking old flesh. You know, like whereas in our spirit we say, praise God. Thank you, Lord God, that you're giving me strength. You're giving me energy. You're giving me a brain. You're giving me a pair of hands. Hallelujah. Can do a good job. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Um, of course, people say, oh, but God doesn't want you rich. But God says, the hand of the diligent makes rich. All right, so let's not get religious now. Let's just, let's just put aside religious thinking and what religious folk have said. And let's just go with what the Word says. God wants to elevate every single one of us. God wants to lead every single one of us into our promised land, into the land of more than enough. Every, everybody, everybody, all right? Everybody can work. Everybody can produce something. You know, this morning we talked about the GDP, uh, gross, uh, GD, gross domestic product. And what uh, economists do, they measure everything that a nation produces. And in fact, I'm not at all, uh, I'm not an economist. And I'm not an accountant either. We've got accountants in here. And, uh, and um, I need to watch what I say so I appear intelligent. But, uh, you know, GDP <laughs> is the national uh, domestic product. What they do is everything that a country produces is measured in dollar value. And, uh, and of course, some countries' GDP is high and some countries' uh, uh, GDP is low. And, but everybody can contribute towards that in one form or another. It's only dead people that can no longer produce anything. Like they've, they've had their opportunity. They've been and they're gone. All right, But you and I, so long as we're alive, so long as we're sucking air, so long as we're drawing breath, we ought to be a part of the uh, producers. And praise God for being able to consume. Oh, I just, I tell you, I love sitting down and consuming a good lunch. I had a good lunch today, followed by a nice cup of coffee, and I enjoyed it. You know, there's nothing wrong with consuming, but if all we do is consume and not produce, something is wrong. All right? <laughs> praise God. And... Uh, and uh, yeah, some of you are more excited about my preaching than others, aren't you? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. It says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Now, <clears throat> I can see all sorts of things in that. The, hazy, the, the hand of the diligent will rule, uh, meaning will, 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 will end up leading. Ruling means end up leading. Um, the hand of the diligent will, people will get promoted over and above others. Um, do you know that bosses and, and supervisors and managers and company directors are always looking for diligent people? All right? There's enough lazy people around, they're looking for diligent people. And I think they ought to see Christians being diligent. <laughs> All right? So that, uh, that uh, the people of God can rise up. But the lazy man, it says, will be put to forced labor. Here's another one. This is a good one too. Proverbs 27, verse 23. It says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. People say, I haven't even got a herd. Uh, any flock. Well, uh, we haven't either. We've got a cat at home. We've got two cats uh, and one dog. Uh, they don't produce a great deal, but you know, they bring us pleasure. Anyway, let's not get into that. You, you people that hate cats and dogs, you don't understand, all right? <laughs> but in terms of, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm and we had cows, we had, we had 
chickens, we had, we had pigs, and we had a few calves, and we had a horse, and, and a few other things. And, and you know, the Bible says here that, that we need to be diligent to know the state of the flocks and to make sure that the flock is okay because the flock is what at the end of the day produces my income. The flock is at the, in the end of the day is what, what gives me my profit. Um, and you know, you, you might not have animals at home, but you got a job. You have a business. You have some form of a, a, of a thing where you draw income from, and, and that is your flock, and that is your herd. Um, it says, attend to your herds, uh, for riches are not forever. You know, sometimes it says, nor does a crown endure to all generations. Sometimes people inherit things, and you know, God always thinks intergenerationally. You know, in, in, in an ideal world, all of us should have had our house given to us by our grandparents uh, because the Bible says that uh, a righteous man will leave an inheritance for his children's children so that, so that we hit the, uh, our adult years and like we hit the ground running. Uh, we, we don't have to think about mortgage anymore. We don't have to think about any. We, we just get stuck into it and go for it. But how many you know we don't live in an ideal world? All right. And so it says here that uh, it says a crown does not endure for all generations. In other words, when somebody receives something by inheritance, they ought, to go, they, they, they ought to increase and have more to pass on to the next generation. You know, that's why families, uh, like we talk about famous people that we know have got a lot of, you know, a lot of money. And we talk about the Rockefellers and various other rich people. We've even got families in New Zealand uh, that uh, I mention their name and you say, oh, yeah, that's the rich folk, you know. Like these people are very wise. And they pass on to the next generation. They preserve uh, uh, what they've got rather than squander it. And they, they endeavor to, to, to teach their kids that, that uh, just because, you know, they're born with a silver spoon in their mouth, so to speak, to still be diligent. R otherwise, you know, you get one of these rat bags coming along and they get everything given to them. And by the time they leave the earth, there's nothing left. They've lost everything. Why? Because they haven't been diligent. So it says, know the state of your flocks. There's been the haze removed. And the tender grass shows itself. And the herbs of the mountains are gathered in. Does it sound to you like a little bit of effort here? Uh, how many of you have ever done, done hay? You know, like cutting. Um, when I grew up in the early days, I still remember my parents cutting the grass by hand. I mean, that's what they did back then, uh, uh, you know, with a sigh. You just cut the grass. Four o'clock in the morning, they're out there cutting the hay. They come in at six o'clock, have breakfast. Uh, then uh, shortly after that, they attend to the, to the cattle in the, in, in the stables. And then at, at 8.30, they're out there turning the, the grass the first time. And then at, at noon, they're out there turning it the second time. And a couple of days later, everything is dry. And then you get out there, bring it in and put it into the barn. All right, so, so that's effort, I'm telling you. To bring in the herbs of the mountains, that's effort. Like, if you've got flat ground, it's easier than if you've got mountainous uh, land. It's just hard, hard yakka. It's just hard work. Um, it says the mountains, uh, herbs of the mountains are gathered in. Uh, the lands will provide you clothing. Uh, I haven't got any clothes. Well, have you got lambs? Uh, attend to your lambs and, and so forth because they will provide you clothing. And before I make all the children crying here, you know, lamb, little lamb, and next minute you don't see lamb anymore, and a sheepskin appears somewhere. You know, that's, that's your clothing. And, um, and, and, and the goats of, um, will provide the price for a field. You know, when the goat uh, has a baby goat, and then you feed the baby goat, and then you sell it, and the money you get, you buy another field. Uh, somehow God's into increase. 
not just same old, same old, just increase more. God has no problem with more. A lot of Christians have, you know, their minds are somehow clogged up with religion, but God's into more. Um, the price, <laughs> and goats will provide the price for a field. You shall have enough goat's milk for your food, for the, uh, for the food of your household, and for the nourishment of your maidservants. Yeah. All right, so basically what that's saying here is, what that's saying is that make the most of what you have in your hand right now. Attend to the flocks. Whatever you've got right now, do the best you can. Uh, just, just go for it. Uh, be diligent in what you do. Uh, diligent will, will cause you to increase. It'll cause you to get ahead in life. Uh, it'll bring promotion. Uh, it, it'll do all of these wonderful things. Um, here we go. There's a few more. Proverbs 22, verse 29. It says, Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Everybody is born with a set, set of, of gifts, talents, aptitudes, certain things that we're good at. And God gives us these things, some of them in seed form, and God expects us to develop them. God expects us to sharpen those gifts, uh, things like education, training, apprenticeship, uh, uh, mentoring, whatever is required so that we can get better at what we're doing. So we're not just growing stagnant and then same old, same old. God expects us to get better. Um, and so it says, do you see a man that is skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. Well, this, the man that is skilled before kings, he hasn't done his apprenticeship before kings. He did his, he did his apprenticeship with and before obscure men, but somehow because he applied himself and somehow because he developed that king, the Bible says there will be promotion and he will stand before kings. And so somehow, you know, we, we use the saying, we say, we say going up in the world. How uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, we're going up in the world. Uh, and that's a good thing. God wants us to go up in the world. God doesn't want us to go down. God wants us to go up in the world. And this is one of the ways to do it. All right, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. The same passage in the, um, um, in the Good News Translation, GNT Good News Translation. It says, show me someone who, who, does his, who does a good job, and I will show you someone who is better than most and worthy of the company of kings. <laughs> Isn't that something? Show me somebody who does a good job. I believe that uh, the best workers on the job ought to be the Christians. I believe the best tradespeople around ought to be the Christians. I believe that in terms of workers and, and, and fact, on the factory floor and in the factory office and in the boardroom, the best people ought to be the Christians. All right. Now, uh, some of us who have been around for a little while and have had work done for us by by workers, we've hired laborers, hired people, and uh, you know, got them to do a job for us. We have discovered that there are people who do a good job and people who do not such a good job, and some people do a terrible job. And and it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, hello, and 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 uh, so somehow, uh, doing a good job is part of getting ahead in the world. Uh, doing a good job is part of what God wants us to do. It's part of the mechanism that God has, has uh, put before us, or part of the opportunities, if you like, to elevate us in the world and to bring us into our promised land, to bring us into the land of more than enough. 
Anybody that's ever done, had a job done that was not so good and a job that was done good, most people will be prepared to pay a little extra money to get the job done right the first time around because some of us have discovered it gets very costly when you get a shoddy job done and have to redo it. All right, and so in that respect, there's just a principle right there. There's somebody who does a good job. I will show you someone who is better than most. But we've discovered there's some tradespeople and some people that are better than others. It's like that's just how it goes. But I think that in terms of, of believers, we ought to be at the top of the pile rather than at the bottom, okay? And uh, he's, he's worthy of the company of kings. Um, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 29. This is just all scriptures that deal with, uh, with what we are talking about here. It says, The lazy man does not roast what he took in, in hunt, or what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, I guess, I guess the principle there is don't let anything go to waste. If you go hunting, don't leave it lying there and walk away. Bring it home. Now, 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 <laughs> I'm a little bit loath to go there, but, uh, but I've been out before and I haven't even been hunting and I came home with a couple of rabbits and I, and I said, I'm not going to let this go to waste. <laughs> uh, don't waste anything. All right, don't waste anything. Um, and of course, what that speaks to us about here, friends, I don't know, how many of you have ever done hunting? Now, come on, be, be honest now. It's okay to kill a few things out in the field, and we're not after Bambi, we're after Bambi's dad. That's whom we're after, all right? So it's okay, all right? It's okay. We know that hunting is just, is, fishing is the same thing. Uh, well, fishing's easy. Uh, hunting is hard work. Like, you know, fishing is just, you know, you just move along, but hunting, like you're up in the hills, and it's just hard work. I remember once being out there, and from the time that we left the car to the time that we got back was 13 and a half hours. And by the time we brought that jolly thing back that we shot up in the hills, I wasn't able to bend my knees anymore. I was just, you know, like walking like this because <laughs> climbed up and down the hills. It's just hard work, I'm telling you. But God says, don't waste anything. Because he says, the lazy man will not even roast what he took in hunting. So we brought it home, and I tell you what, I mean, I, I, there was not much, I used everything. And when we brought it home, I dumped it on that bench and, you know, had a, a short breather and then up again and getting into it. Because if I leave it now to the morning, it'll be fly blown, uh, and, you know, it'll just be messed up, and then I can throw half of it away. And <laughs> you're in a pack of safe, okay, supermarket. <laughs> So some people think that meat grows in supermarkets, you know, where it's all nice and clean and there's no blood. But I assure you, meat grows on fields, and some of us know how to find it in the fields. All right, so, so the, <laughs> the message there is, don't waste anything. Make the most of what you got. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, in fact, I wish we had more time. We could get into all sorts of things here. But, uh, you know, sometimes you walk past people's places and you know they got they got fruit trees uh, uh, fruit trees in their in, the, in their backyard and you look and there's food that drops on the ground that nobody picks it up don't waste anything this is part of life's opportunities now there might be a certain time when when you're too busy uh, doing what you're doing and you might say to somebody else look just pick up my fruit and do something with it I don't have time I can do better just pursuing activity in my business or what I've got going over here but don't waste anything God puts something before us. God brings provision into our lives. Let's not be wasteful people. All right. <laughs> uh, the same passage in, uh, 
And I'll close very shortly. The same passage in uh, the New Living Translation, it says, lazy people don't even cook the game they catch, but the diligent make use of everything they find. <laughs> it's amazing what you find on some road speed, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> all the way back to Aug back from Auckland come back with two rabbits it is just amazing what you find on the roads but anyway don't worry about that <laughs> the diligent make use of everything they find <laughs> praise God <laughs> oh this is bad this is bad this is really bad you know the past is a cruel man you know goes out there killing things you know and then running things over and picking them up oh this is bad this is not good for my reputation you guys come on now <laughs> the message is don't waste anything make the most with what you got use the skill that God's given it given to you hone it and get better at what you do and press on uh uh, just press upwards, praise God. Let's just go for it and do everything that God put, put at our disposal. Make the most of our opportunities or God's opportunities that he brings before us and, uh, and, and not, not be at the bottom of the heap all the time. God wants to elevate every single one of us. Let's just close with a word of prayer. <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Praise the Lord. Father, we want to thank you tonight for your word. We thank you once again that your word is life-giving always, uh, teaches us all of these wonderful things, the principles uh, of prosperity and other things. And we thank you, Lord God, that indeed, Father, you have a plan for every single one of our lives to lead us into our uh, promised land, into the land of more than enough. Lord, you want to elevate people. We thank you, Lord God, that promotions are coming. We thank you, Lord God, that people, Lord, get better jobs, new jobs. Uh, even in today's economic climate, we believe, Father God, that we as the, as the people of God can go from strength to strength and from glory to glory. That is, the tithers, Lord, uh, should one door close, we believe that a better door will open up. We thank you, Father God, that our businesses, Lord, will be ahead of the business of the competitors. We thank you, Lord God, that, Lord... Uh, uh, even our young people can prosper and be blessed, Lord, and, uh, and learn all of these wonderful principles. Uh, and, Lord, we, again, we commit our lives to you. We thank you, Father God, that, Lord, 2009 uh, is going to be a great year for us. We are partway into it. And, Lord, you said that the people of God will do just fine in 2009. We thank you for our promised land. We thank you for prosperity. We lay a hold of it, Father, in Jesus' name. We lay a hold of all the good things, Father, that are in the, in the world today, the land of more than enough, a land that flows with milk and with honey. Lord, you haven't made all of these good things for the, for the heathens, but you've made them for us. And we thank you, Lord God, that we're able to occupy all of these lands. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.